Can I say all these people, you know, no offense to this investor, I'm trying to make X amount of dollars so I quit my job. But no one's ever asking the question of like, how can I impact the world so that it can be a better place? And I think mm -hmm. people don't ask really good questions. They just think selfishly, they're like, once I leave my WTU, I'll be a better person. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast, where I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. I'm Sue Saller, and I'm excited to be your host on this journey. I'll be bringing you inspiring stories, practical tips, and expert advice to help you overcome obstacles, set and achieve your goals, and live the life you've always wanted. Together, we'll discover that making small changes is not only possible, but can lead to big results. Join me now as we explore the power of positive thinking, the art of goal setting, and strategies for success. Are you ready? Let's go do this. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. And I have today with me, Mike Taravella. Mike has built an impressive commercial real estate portfolio and personally manages over $81 million in assets. Mike is a former CPA and uses his gift for numbers as he is known for his underwriting prowess. I have personally engaged Mike in conversations around real estate and found his no-nonsense, no-bull approach to real estate sobering and, in a sense, comforting. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Sue, happy to be on and super excited. Uh, I know we just, uh, you know, being part of Emerge has been a lot of fun and uh, I hope I hope the sobering hasn't scared you off, but you, we keep having <laughs> conversations about real estate. So I'd rather keep it real than flex a Lamborghini that I rented. So it's all yeah, good. that's yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. No, keeping it real is good. Sobering is even better because being sober keeps you from doing stupid things. So I appreciate <laughs> the reality check when I ask you a million questions. So I'm glad you're here. I can't wait to dive in. First of all, I want to dive into your superhero backstory. I mean, you came from CPA. Now you're asset manager with Quantum Capital. A lot has gone in between. So just share with your journey how you got from point A to point B. Well, as every good story starts, see what had happened was uh, my family was educators or worked for Chrysler. And so it was literally like, go to school, go to school, get good grades, get good grades, get a job. Uh, so I went to Michigan State to get accounting because I was good at math and never wanted to be a teacher because my mom was a teacher. I'm like, they work way too hard and don't get paid enough. <laughs> and so I was like, I've always wanted to do business. It's like first grade. Uh, so I went through, uh, I took an accounting class in high school. I was really good at it. I'm like, oh, I'll just do that. Uh, and then went through my undergrad at Michigan State and my master's at Michigan State. And, you know, I, I got the entrepreneurial bug because I created a screen printing business in college. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this clicked of like, oh, starting nothing, starting something from nothing was like just the coolest feeling ever. Like people around campus wearing our shirts, we we're doing faculty shirts. Oh, wow. We did Central Michigan shirt. Like we just did, we did 20,000 in sales in nine months without oh, any marketing. How did so, how'd that make you feel to get at 20,000 in sales? I mean, being, uh, being in college, I mean, that's, well, I was, uh, this was like towards the end of my academic career. So I was well-connected and all my friends hated going out with me. Cause they're like, Mike knows everyone. I'm like, I just go to class. I don't know what about you guys, but I just go to class and just talk to people, uh, which I'm sure everyone's shocked by who actually knows me. But, uh, yeah, it was just a good time just being well-connected and just doing sales and that. And I'll never forget the conversation with Professor Isabel Wang. I shot her out because she changed my life and I didn't know it in the moment. But she, I'm like, hey, am I going to like accounting and public accounting? 
and she laughed in my face. And this is the week of graduation from my master's. I've already sat for three parts of the CPA exam. Gosh. Pot committed. to say, I already accepted a job in public accounting like three years earlier. And she laughed in my face and she's like, your prof risk profile is unlike any other accountants. So no. Uh, so I did two years in big four public accounting. Uh, didn't, it was not my cup of tea, but I learned a lot of just like, hey, the bigger companies that are on the, you know, publicly traded, you may think that they're perfect, but they have errors in systems and just seeing what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, worked with Dan Gilbert, who's the billionaire owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Quicken Loans, oh, wow. uh, Rocket Mortgage. And I got to help launch like an esports team that I'm wearing right now, 100 Thieves. Uh, so I was kind of just the team to help get them off the ground and just really systemize. Because when we started our screen printing business, we had no systems. And a lot of entrepreneurs struggle by not having systems. So did that for two years and then got the opportunity to work. Uh, I, and in that time with Jake, uh, Dan Gilbert, uh, I bought two single family houses and I was a terrible landlord on top of, I got sick of raking 27 bags of leaves <laughs> in the fall. I was like, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way because I'd have to wait six months, get my money, put into a deal. And then I'm like, all right, and I have to wait and just keep going. And I'm like, this sucks <laughs> a lot. Uh, and then took a year, about a year off educating, networking, my face off, averaging four hours of sleep, which I don't recommend, but I hated accounting that much. And I got the opportunity to work for Ram Property Management, which is Jake and Gino's investing platform. And I still coach for them. Worked for them for three years and then recently left uh, July of last year on my own and then partnered with Quantum Capital. And I'm looking for deals in Tennessee, Denver, North Carolina, and up to 81 million in assets under management, 664 doors. But wow. most of those are syndications where you have partial ownership. So I always say my first deal, I own a half a bathroom in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> I have like a couple doors. It's just like it all equates out to like having a lot less doors, but yeah. the social media warriors are flexing on how many units they have. So, ah, okay. uh, yeah, no, never tells a... you what fraction they have behind that. <laughs> exactly. So I'd rather tell you that the half a bathroom in Lexington, Kentucky is doing well. Uh, I don't clean it. Thank God we have property management to do it. <laughs> All right. I want to, there was a lot in that story. I want to pause for a minute. I want to go back to college where yeah. your professor laughed in your face and she knew your disc profile. So what was, do you remember what was part of your disc profile that would not have made you a good accountant and that made her? Laugh? Oh, I am off the charts. I, so I am like people, I talk to people all the time. I get validation from others. Uh, I am social, but like, even in this industry, I've learned of just like having to constantly follow up with people and just like, even telling a broker, I'm not going to offer the deal that they want. I struggle with. So I'm like off the charts. I mm. attention mm -hmm. to detail, not quite there, which I know everyone's like, well, you're an accountant and you're good at underwriting. I'm like, yeah, but it's so systemized. And, yeah. uh, okay. so it's not as, uh, crazy as it has to be. <laughs> okay. And then. <laughs> And then connect the dots a little bit more. How did you wind up meeting or getting involved with Dan from the the Mavericks and Quicken Loans? And yeah, it's all who you know, right? So right. having that uh, entrepreneurial startup, I love Shark Tank, and my buddy was working in that group, and he's like, Mike, this is the perfect job for you, and it'd be a shame if you didn't have it. And I'm like, Yep. 
Uh, so when yeah. I was living big four, I was like eight, all the stars aligned and um, worked with 12 to 14 startups as anywhere from like CFO, biz dev, controller, payables, therapist, psychologist, you know, mm. marketing, whatever I could do to help startups get off the ground uh, or optimized uh, so that they could be as highly performing as possible. So that's when I see a T12, no matter the industry, um, because of my public accounting experience, I get to see where the problems are, where the opportunities mm. for growth are and what we can do differently to just be, operate better. Okay. And then, is that where systems come in? Because you mentioned before that you noticed these people, they didn't have good systems. And that as you started developing systems, you could see how to make things, I'm assuming, more efficient. Yes. Is that yeah. how systems, what systems, how did you learn or did, was there anything that was, that you read that was system based or is it something that you just figured out? Yeah. So like when, when it comes to screen printing, we just didn't know how much stuff costs, like the profit, mm -hmm. the TV show, like everyone talks about Shark Tank, but I think it's the profit with, uh, that's where they'd like, how much does it cost to make one shirt or this thing or to make this widget? And so sure enough, I just was like, I don't know how much money we're making. And if I run mm -hmm. the company and I don't know how much money we're making, that's not good. Um, so I just literally was looking at that as like, okay, let me learn from this. And just kind of like, I looked at entrepreneurs as like, we all do like every startup tries to be this unicorn of, you know, mm -hmm. no one's ever done it like this, but at the same day, like everyone makes a product or delivers a service and gets money in and it costs X amount of dollars to make that. And no one, everyone's in different phases and tries to overcomplicate or over hires. But at the end of the day, like if I buy, if I make a water bottle for five and I sell it for three, we're not going to be a business very long. And so I just try to break and people overcomplicate business. So I just try to dumb it down as much as possible. Mike, is there one thing that you can point to that you didn't think was going to have a big impact on your life, but you kind of realized one day that it turned into a big thing and you went, holy crap, I'm here because I did this. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's a couple, like a lot of people to thank along the way. Um, so I, you know, it all kind of started in Mother's Day 2019. Uh, I go to, or no, 2018 or no, whatever. 2018, 2019 Mother's Day. I didn't hang out with my mom. I went to John Kasman's Midwest Real Estate Conference in Chicago. I made that decision that weekend, and I'm an only child. And I go, I'm moving to Chicago to be closer to all of these people because they're doing multifamily and they're making money and doing deals. Like It wasn't mm -hmm. a fluffy conference. Um, so I went to that conference, got to be closer to people. And from February 1st of 19, or of, yeah, 19, I worked... 10 to 2 a.m. every single day until literally my body collapsed like Friday night where I slept. Uh, like I'd go to the gym at six. I was in Chicago. I was underwriting for free, doing podcasts, writing blogs. I was doing everything in my power to get in the door. Wow. And so when people are like, oh, man, I want to be the equity partner and do this and do that. I go, I worked for free as a CPA, underwriting deals for groups, promoting meetups, introducing investors, like doing everything for $0. And I, that's always been my favorite thing is like work for free for six months. Cause that'll, if you do that, you'll get into deals. Trust me. 
but not when many people are willing to make that sacrifice. And I know some can, but if you're sub 30 years old with no mortgage, like do that. Uh, and then from there, because of that, I went to the best ever conference, met a bunch of people. Uh, and then Jake and Gino, I got connected with them and uh, got to work for them in acquisitions, asset management, help the property, their property management, and got to partner with them on a lot of deals. So I thank them for taking the risk on me because a lot of the times mm -hmm. our team was like, I don't know what this guy does, but like he keeps telling us how to do it like a little bit better, a little bit better, and just like working on our system so that we could be the best managing group too. So John Kasman helped kind of just see me the light of multifamily and just helped me make the leap to Chicago, which my mom did not like the move there. <laughs> and then Jake and Gino, I took the leap uh, in 2020 uh, there and worked for them for several years, but, and still coach for their education platform. And without them, I wouldn't be here talking to you. So it's been a, a mm -hmm. very thankful for those three people in my life uh because a lot of my friends were like becoming managers in public accounting and i was underwriting deals at 2 a.m so <laughs> it wow. all works out in weird ways it does and it you know what you you said it started in 2018 19 20 21 22 this is only four years ago that you accomplished like, it feels like that. a lot longer it was like a lot longer <laughs> yeah i know but you know you look back at it, it's like wow look at where you were four years ago go back where you were five years ago or even I was a getting decade fired ago. from my accounting job in chicago that i don't really talk about a ton but i uh -huh. got a notice from a headhunter going hey do you want this job and it was my verbatim job title for oh my God. description for the company that i'm like i have this job and i'm like oh mm -hmm. that's not good and then the next day it was jake and gino three weeks later moved to knoxville and, wow. Yeah. Well, it was kind of fate, but it was a good fate. To, it doesn't feel like you know. fate. You know, in the movies, <laughs> they don't tell you, you're like, holy shit, I'm getting fired. But, uh, it doesn't <laughs> well, feel it was like, like it, it, it was out. like, you know, leaving your W-2 like everybody else talks about. I'm just going to leave my W-2. It's all good. Well, you just got it. It just was accelerated. to not come back. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was the accelerated. I'm leaving my W-2. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now, first, this, eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Ready, fire, aim. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this, I'm wondering your, your uh, single families, not the multis, the single families, what happened in between? So you had these single families. What happened to those? Do they drop off or do you still have them? Uh, I sold one the first year because it was me and my business partner went into the idea of like, we will never sell. Mm -hmm. We had an inkling one time and then like we bought the first one for like 62,000. Uh, and, it, and then we sold it for like a hundred and we're like, oh my God, like we, we kind of just were like, if we ever think about selling a gallon, we're selling. So we sold the first one. And then the next year we sold the second one. And it was like, the first one was a pain because the person was like, it was in the middle of COVID. Uh, we kept the resident in because we wanted to protect them, but it was just like, it was a whole process. A little bit. I'm like, man, this sucks so bad. We're going to wait until the resident leaves and then fix it. The second one was worse because uh, the property just like they trashed it. Mm. Like imagine if like they lived there for three years, we never really checked on it. So if you're still doing single family, check on your units. <laughs> uh, but if I gave you a foot, one paint roller and four gallons of different colored paint and I said, paint this house, it was the worst. Uh, we think a, they took a car engine and dropped it on the stairs to the basement. All the mm. windows were open in like the fall of Michigan, which isn't ideal. Uh, and like we got it under contract to sell. And the day before they backed out and there is just like, mm. 
I was like, whatever we, and it was, and it felt, and it was terrible because you're like, I can't do anything because of our, and I trust my real estate agent uh, with everything because they're really savvy and smart and well-connected. But mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, I don't want to, like, if I put money in, I'm going to lose it because it's not going to regain its value because there's just that weird time where just everything went up except my house. <laughs> but we <laughs> we made money on the cash flow for three years and we still made money on the exit. So uh, we made good money, but it was definitely a learning lesson of like, I should never be a landlord ever again. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story because a lot of investors think they all have to start out at, at single family. You know, I, I'm not a real estate person until I own like a single family and another one and another one, another one. So I appreciate that story in hearing you say that I'm not built to be a landlord, you know, so it's I'm a glad. lot of work that yeah, I didn't for budget for and nor did I want to do it. <laughs> so do you find now multifamily easier in a, in a sense than single family or just harder in a different way? I would say harder in a different way, right? So I think in 2019 values were lower. Uh, we're I think I think painting the picture of starting my career because it's easy to say like you buy it and it goes up. Uh, we've had this conversation offline. It's like, hey, every group is selling after 18 months. Why? It's like, well, because the cap rates have compressed so bad. So why did that happen? So 2019, the Fed was supposed to raise rates going into 2020. I think it was scheduled four times was the indicator. But what happened, COVID 2020, interest rates went to zero. So literally financial institutions were like, we have so much capital locked in, we have to spend it. And in low interest rates environment, like literally they're like, we'll throw it at all of real estate. Mm -hmm. But it's if like you look free at real money. estate, yeah, for that <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's free money, right? low, low interest rate is free money. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, retail got hurt office got hurt, industrial boomed, office, uh, office or uh, multifamily boomed. And so like when you're a private equity, you're the Blackstones, you're the like these large institutions. They're like, do I do industrial and try to figure that out? Or I look at apartments and go, this is renting for 1800 or 800 and next door is renting for a thousand. Multifamily is like, I think a lot of people overcomplicate it, but it's like, what's the, what's the difference between you and market? And how much work do you have to put in? So when debt is zero, they just, everyone flooded. And so if you even look at the 50 states, you know, the Northeast flooded to Tennessee and uh, Florida, California fled to Nevada and Texas, mm -hmm. the Midwest went down South. So it's like literally of the 50 states, there's like five, like Arizona, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, and like maybe Nevada, but like yeah. those were the five markets that just popped off. Yeah. And a lot of those states were more business friendly, no state income tax. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just like, so like, if you think about it, all these financial institutions looked at the 50 states, went down to five, and then all focused on multifamily. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone in 2019 was like, oh, 100 plus units. That's what we're looking for. And then private equity and multifamily uh, offices came in started taking that tranche. So then everyone else kind of got crunched down mm. buying smaller. So what would your advice be? So I'm, I'm thinking about the question of the person yeah. who doesn't want to have the single family home or want to manage their own. What advice would you give to someone if they wanted to start off in passive investing real estate? There's no fast track in real estate per se, but I want to skip all that stuff and go this route. What would your advice be? 
I would say passive is just the way to go. Like return on effort. Like if Sue were to invest in my deal, uh, she gets to literally just do a podcast, hang out, maybe have a margarita, a cocktail, and like she's getting paid first. I, as the general partner, weekly calls with the property manager. I was on the phone with our water company because we have a leak, scheduling a rotor router. Residents are calling me trying to move into different units. I, I get that call. Sue doesn't. Like the return on well, effort for Sue is zero. It's like infinite. She's like, well, why? Well, then why do you want to be you then? What makes you like because, what drives you to do what you do and not want to be me and be the passive person? Yeah, I think the big I mean, it's easy to look at numbers and be like, hey, there's a discrepancy in the market. But I think like mm -hmm. our passion for our group is like fix reviving communities. So mm -hmm. I'm from Detroit. Everyone makes fun of Detroit. And, you know, I always use the analogy of like people are like, oh, the ch it's so cheap. It's got to be a good deal. And I go, come to Detroit. You can buy a house for $500. Doesn't mean you should. But behind that is more of like, hey, we want to fix the neighborhood. We want to fix the block. We want to help Detroit. We want to help grow. And so that's even though I've left Detroit, that's never left. And I just seeing these communities where the owners don't care, the management doesn't care. They don't treat them like people. Like, it's just like, it's a very tough business. And at the end of the day, we're dealing with people. And I know if I can help impact a community and make it better and lively and just that home feel, I will do much better than everyone else. Does that mean I will have gray hair before most people? Probably. But it's that passion of just making things better. So if I can provide affordable, clean housing to people, uh and safe safe affordable clean housing i can know that that i've helped the world be a better place would you say that's what drives you then it's not the money it's it's about what you're building and what you're intrinsic intrinsically getting out of what you do it's that gets little, you up in the morning impact it, right. right so like working with dan gilbert it's not like he did he did mortgages to make money like he wanted to make the home buying process easier Mm -hmm. And once you think, remove yourself from like needing the money, mm -hmm. I say all these people, you know, no offense to this investor, I'm trying to make X amount of dollars so I can quit my job. But no one's ever asking the question of like, how can I impact the world so that it can be a better place? And I think mm -hmm. people don't ask really good questions. They just think selfishly, they're like, once I leave my WTU, I'll be a better person. And I get it, it's different if you're like, I can't eat today. But if you have a good W-2 and you're investing in properties, like that's a very different, right? Mm -hmm. I like, I right. think everyone can make an impact no matter if it's like donating a dollar or an hour of time, but feed your family. But I think like a lot of people don't ask powerful questions and that's where the real magic happens is like, mm -hmm. what is your jam? How can you make the world a better place? I can't answer that for you, but right. uh, it's just whatever you're intrinsically want to do. Right. We, we, yeah. What you were talking about made me think of a friend of mine made a quote, uh, told me a quote one time. He said, once you remove greed and fear, movement forward happens much more quickly. And that's what it sounds like for you. You know, you have a passion to revive places, remove that, remove yourself from it, remove the money from it, and then look at all the opportunities that are before you. And I yeah. think that's, yeah, I think that's We've fantastic. We've been helping investors, right? Yeah, like right. If I help oh, yeah. my investors first, they're going to want to invest, pour more money. If I mm -hmm. help this community, that broker, like I named our first, my first deal I did outside of my job, I named the property after the broker. 
that broker thinks of me because I made an impact on him. Mm -hmm. Right. The investors are like, wow, that's a good idea. I'm doing it. So they're going to invest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from the investors too, I mean, not every investor is the same, right? So somebody like me, I, I work a 40 hour week. I've got a podcast going on. I'm not sure I'm have the capacity from a time perspective to even deal with, uh, a, 10 unit multifamily, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind that as well, especially if your property manager is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So for some people, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we know about that too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it might make more sense for somebody to invest passively, but to your point, what I really like about what you said is that it's not just doing the deal. It's the reason behind the deal. You know, your drive behind the deal isn't just to, hey, I'm going to make money on the deal, which is important. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, that that's why you do a deal. You're not going to do a bad deal. But what drives you is that you have it. You can make an impact. And I think that pours over and correct me if I'm wrong, that would pour over into your investors as well. They would see that, hey, Mike's doing this. And then, you know, I believe in what Mike's doing. So I'm going to get behind him and go that route as well. So um, I think this is a good segue into Value Add Mike. Where did Value Add Mike come from? Yeah, uh, it came from a lot of alone time just thinking. Uh, no one can spell my last name correctly the first time. Uh, <laughs> and I I aspire to eventually do other business lines. And so for me, it's I want to be able to add value to Sue and the listeners and to everyone, like investors, active or passive. And I know if I, the more value I put out and add value, mm-hmm. then it'll come back in karma. So uh, value add Mike uh, is probably one of my best branding things I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very happy it, it's working. So uh, yeah, it just, it kind of came to me because multifamily Mike was too low of scope, uh, but it kind of goes back to the impact, right? So if I can help startups, business mm-hmm. owners, operators with the systems I create, um, then I think I can make the world a better place. Value add Mike. I love it. I think that's great. You know, you mentioned before that your parents were teachers and, um, my dad was in business. I'm a former teacher and that mentality that you mentioned about, you know, go out and get a stable job, go to college, graduate and do that job for the next Oh, 30 years, you know, um, that's a long time. And (laughs) my question is this, if anyone is in real estate for like five minutes, all right, they know that real estate is a space full generally of entrepreneurs and people who are ambitious. So going from the background that you had, um, what limiting beliefs did you have to overcome to get to where you are in real estate, because there's a lot of, I would say, uh, uncertainty is the wrong word, but there's a lot of There's a lot uh, of gray. Risk. Yeah, I mean, I was in my public accounting job and people are like, well, who would want to partner with you? Uh, mm. My ex-girlfriend was talking to like, hey, shouldn't you stick to being an accountant, not an investor? Like, why don't you buy our mm. first house? Like, uh, so I think it's just like, I was just surrounded by people who didn't serve me or understand mm-hmm. what I wanted. Uh, and that just like, you know, I thought two houses was good enough. I thought I was doing good with two houses. I'm like that's $400 a month, maybe, you know, you're one resident not paying or a hot water heater going away from having no monies. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I think just the limiting beliefs, it just kind of went in phases. Like I'm an accountant, I'm too conservative. I'm this to then it evolved of like, you know, uh, I can't go out on my own. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff that yeah. are like, uh, like even my 36 unit that I've been working on for two years, I believed it was a good deal. And all of my partners were like, uh, almost a million dollars off. And I convinced them to go up to our purchase mm -hmm. price and we won the deal. And I was like, oh, I just, with enough conviction, I can, I got people to believe in me. <laughs> so it's, wow. um, so like you never, you will never feel ready. There'll never be mm -hmm. like at X, I'll feel Y. You will know that moment when it comes and it sounds super cliche and in the movies, but like, don't wait for uh, John Brooks and GoBundant said it. It's like, you can, I've never known anyone successful doing like 10 different things. So like commit to the thing and just go. Cause I seen like, uh, and the, a lot of people are like, I have an Amazon store and I'm trying to do multifamily and I'm trying to flip a house. And it's like, I mean, I was guilty of this when I left my job trying to do too mm -hmm. much, but I'm mm -hmm. like, you're at such, you're like, and you have a W2. So it's like, you are just like n exhausted, never making progress. And you have like mm -hmm. a little, uh, Brandon Turner said, it's like, you have a half built sand castle here and a bucket mm -hmm. here. And it's like, it's all over the yeah. place. Going everywhere, you, but nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're yeah. still on the beach going like, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> How'd that make you feel like, uh, when people were telling you, uh, that, oh, you should just stay to you know, stay, be a CPA, stay that for the rest of your life. That's nice and safe because I could see some people could get caught on that and not overcome it. So you had to do something to break that mold. What did you do? Uh, probably moving to Chicago to be closer to like John Kasman and mentors. So um, you surrounded yourself with then. Yeah. Cause it's just like every, if you get to, if you listen to like, you suck every day, like I was a mm -hmm. bad accountant objectively like i had partners at the firm go hey you're struggling and i'm like yeah i know trust, trust me i know I, I i know uh and then like my girlfriend and then my mom and then right. like when i got my first single family house my mom cried not because it was a good decision but because she's like you're gonna lose all of your money <sighs> oh, so it's just terrible. like you have I, I mean we made money but it's just like if you surround yourself with that much negativity Mm -hmm. you're gonna just like and like you get lazy right you got two houses you're like i'm the man but then you go in different rooms you're like oh i don't have anything so i think it just keep always leveling up your circles mm -hmm. uh and that happens all the time right like in planting you like prune and just like the people who don't serve you i mean i had people like hey all you talk about is work and i'm like yeah because real estate's fun it allows me to travel it allows me to work remotely mm -hmm. like last year i was working in germany underwriting deals all yeah. allowed me to like it sucked for a while of just like am i ever and i'm like am i ever gonna make money am i ever gonna make money am i ever gonna make money and then like a refi happened i'm like oh it works this isn't just <laughs> I was, a, a I was, pipe dream <laughs> i was just ready to ask when was that point where you kind of hockey sticked uh you know, they talk about that you know you're just coming along coming along and all of a sudden you wake up one morning and go holy shit like this really is working right yeah so i think our first refi um, so we bought a 48 unit with Rand, uh, and it was just an amazing deal. Uh, it was like half occupied. Once again, the impact, uh, mm -hmm. the people were running out of money and couldn't fix units. So they didn't renovate any of them. 
Mm. Um, we added two units, we refied it. That gave me that initial capital to invest uh, because of that and just kind of laying the groundwork of our foundation and investing in just like coaching for mm. like the mindset. We did four deals in 40 days after that. And then on day 50, we did an agency refinance. So because of that re first refi, I had the dry powder to invest in the next four deals and then gave me another refi to invest in more deals. So it's just like, it took three years to get to that point. Like it wasn't like, oh, like year, year one, you're like, I have no idea what's happening, helping as much as I can and wherever. To year two, you're like, oh, I kind of get it. Year three was like, I get it. And now I can see like the economic factors a lot more. And year four, it's just like, how do we just like find flags much sooner? Mm -hmm. And so like, it takes time and it like a lot of time, like 16 mm -hmm. to 18 hour days of like mm. not talking to like people or like hanging out. And I don't want to be like, oh, look, grind, 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 grind. But like, if you invest with your people and they can help pull you out of like ruts, on top of like, hey, let's go have fun. <laughs> like, let's go well, relax. Yeah. <laughs> well, what go, you put in, yeah. Break. Like, what you put in, you get out, right? So, if you're, you know, not, if you're going to sit around and be lazy, then don't expect a whole lot of return. Also, yeah, but you, you know, also like, have well, to put fun in too. Put out. Well, yeah, no, you do, you do. I mean, I, I, you know, I understand. As someone that. <laughs> who literally like did not like, I did the best ever conference in 2019. And I literally slept for 42 hours and th for three days after. And I was like, I go to my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm dying. And she goes, no, you <laughs> idiot, you hit exhaustion. And I go, oh, I broke my body and spirit. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. like everyone has their own path. I just hated right. accounting that much that I was willing to kill myself. Did it create healthy work boundaries? No, but it got me to where I am. And that was the path I took and I wouldn't change it. But there's easier paths, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you, I think when you're that driven, and I have to admit, probably young, you could do, you can do dumb. I, well, I want to say dumb things. You can do things like that. It was when you're younger. I mean, it I used dumb. to do that too. <laughs> I, I, I did that too in my 30s and 40s. I mean, I'd get up, I'd run, I get up at quarter to five in the morning, and I'd run for an hour, you know, and then I take care of kids, and then I go teach, or I go do something else, and then fall in bed at 11 o'clock at night, and then get up at quarter to five and do the same thing, you know, wash, rinse, yeah. repeat for years. I did that for years. And yeah, you're right. It catches up to you at some point. Just back to circle back to your point about real estate, and I'm glad you brought this up. And I just want to pull this out a minute that real estate doesn't always happen overnight, right? You said it took you a number of years to get to where you are. And I just want to emphasize, I can't emphasize that enough, really, because we live in this cookie cutter, microwave, uh, instant information society. And it just, it doesn't happen that way. And recently, I mean, just because of the economics of what's going on the last couple of years, you see all these kids, yeah, I made $3 million in the last three years doing real estate. Well, yeah, everybody else did because it all went up too, you know? So I mean, look at crypto. I'm glad, I mean, like I'm glad one year I made that. like a like a, you know, a little bit on crypto. And then you're like, those people who made it that year, you go, what about this year? And then they mm -hmm. all shut up. Get really <laughs> quiet. Yep. They get yeah. really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. What are some of your daily habits then that keep you going? Because you have a lot on your plate. You're busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been implementing you uh, exercise a lot more. <laughs> um, so uh, when I, I used to be like 260, at least 270, probably when I didn't weigh myself. 
but I'd play basketball a couple times a week uh, before work with Dan Gilbert. Um, so I do that two to three times a week. Uh, and people are like, well, Mike, you probably are really bad at basketball and you are correct. But I literally treat it like a run all nonstop until I like can't. Um, and then like, just like carving time out, like me and my girlfriend have been doing dance lessons for like two months. And that's been awesome. Uh, but it's just like carving out, like just movement in my day in terms of like, go for a walk, go play basketball. Cause back when I was working, it's like, work out, work till 2 a.m., do again. And then my body just is like, I'm dead on mm-hmm. the inside. And it's, <laughs> so it's yeah. like carving out movement and just like, that's been a big piece. Um, and just, I listen to stand up because like, I don't, it, I listen to stand up all the time. So it like helps, keeps me sane, just like grounded of like, uh, don't take life too seriously. Cause mm-hmm. like, what's the point when it's all said and done and you're like, I have 10,000 doors and I'm worth a billion. And you're like, yeah, but you didn't do anything fun with it. So. So bringing it back all together, as we close, I've got two questions for you. Uh, What parting words of wisdom do you have? Uh, I would say to read Ray Dalio principles, but to be a little take us because that book is like changed. I've read it three times and every Mm -hmm. time I read it, I get a great thing. And it's, it's a business book but there's life stuff in it. Uh, But I'd say like, trust yourself more. And I hate when every podcast is like, believe in yourself and just like butterflies will come and whisk you away. It's like, no. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) They don't, but like you can do it. And every, it's like, you can do it as long as you believe in yourself and are surrounded by the right people. So, uh, and if you do the good thing every, if you do the right thing every time, to your investors, to your residents, to your people, to the people you work with, you will get there. It will take time uh, in their Instagram, TikTok, YouTube realm of life. It will take time, but it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. So relax. And well commit said. to the game and, it'll, and you will be great. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> wonderful words of wisdom and actually you answered my other question which was oh, did you I? Were, <laughs> yes you did if you were stranded on a desert island what's the one book you would take with you and you mentioned ray dalio's principles so i'm going to change the question if you were stranded on the desert island what's the other thing that you would have with you other than ray dalio's book uh that's a tough one it's got to be a big enough book that i can use as a tool um, it doesn't have to be a book. Oh, it doesn't. Change, have to be I, yeah, I changed the question just for you. It doesn't have to I'm be gonna, a book. I'm going to do a book, right? Because I think yeah. uh, Principles was good. Um, I think E Myth is, I'd say probably E Myth is another one. I'm trying to look mm-hmm. at my stack. I don't know. I think like E-Myth Atomic, is... actually, Atomic Habits. We'll go Atomic Habits because okay. I think a lot of people get ingrained with a lot of the ideas of just like what's what to do and i found most of my success in life is like if i call five to ten brokers a day i'll get a deal like a lot of people go how do i get a deal i go call 10 brokers or five three pick a number and do that every day you will get a deal because my favorite thing i always get is mike there's no deals and i go how many brokers did you call today and they go zero and i go nailed it you got it you did it you will get zero deals if you call zero brokers every time so having those like simple kpis and just having the habit to do those things 
mm-hmm. like playing basketball, all those things that found is just on rooted on those habits. You do those every day, you will be successful. And then principles kind of just helps you think more. It's a deep, heavy book in terms of just like thought, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be these 150, 200 pages of just like, you know, here how here's how great I am for 150 pages and 50 pages of just good stuff. It's like, no, no, get to what's going on. Sounds good. Mike, how can people find you other than at value add Mike? Or is that where we're going to find That's all you? the handles. That's another awesome. kind of big pick on the branding was like, oh, I can do this on all of them. Uh, Perfect. Twitter's probably the best platform. And I think everyone who hears this are like, oh, Twitter, redo your Twitter, get in the right circles that you want to be in, crypto, algorithms, kitties, whatever it is, you will surround yourself with people who are doing it or in it every day. And that's been my favorite group. Uh, and plus, like, no one wants to see me dancing on TikTok. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And then if you have any questions about our deals or upcoming opportunities, invest at valueedmike.com. Uh, we can help schedule a call, answer any questions, and help you take over the world. Awesome. I like the taking over the world part. Yeah. Well, I we got think- someone's got to do it before Putin does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can do it one investor at a time. Mike, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. I hope you yeah, have fun. Appreciate you. Yeah, I had a blast and appreciate you, Sue. And it's been cool seeing your growth and just uh, coming into your own and just uh, making your impact in the world. So appreciate yeah, you, you. Me having, having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.